Welcome back to Season 3 of the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Blackwood. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. But if you didn't know, you do now. Keeping in line with that, this entire season has been focused on interviewing people who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. If that sounds like you, reach out. We can talk about having you on the show, too. As much as we all hate commercials, they are a necessary evil these days. This is what keeps the show on the air. You can also show support by purchasing one of my many books or donating through PayPal. You can find the links to either option in the podcast description. As always, a portion of the proceeds do go to local organizations that help fight human trafficking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Amanda Blackwood, The Survivor, the podcast. I am your host, of course, Amanda Blackwood. Uh, Today I have a young man with me. He is fascinating. He's got quite the story. I'm going to let him tell you what it is. But Jimmy Slim Rumsey has overcome some pretty incredible uh, obstacles in his path. Uh, And he is joining me here today. And welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thank you, Amanda. Thank, Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, of course. When we first connected on Facebook, I remember um, you had kind of given me a brief idea of what it was that you'd been through, and I was blown away. And when you responded to my email with a little bit more information, um, you kind of blew me away again. Your story is quite harrowing, and I'm just right out of the gate. I'm proud of you for having survived all this. This is crazy. Um. Where did, let's start out with kind of the lighter side of things. Where are you originally from? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Tustin, California. I, w- I was born actually in Halifax, Nova Scotia, due to uh, conditions of uh, my mother and father, um, I guess, running from the law. But after, you know, uh, being born there, I, I, we came to Tustin, California, and that's where I was uh, pretty much raised. Wow. So tell us a little bit about. Um, your uh, traumas that you started encountering right away? My, my traumas probably started as early as formative trauma um, when I was in my mother's womb. Um, my mother and father were running from the law out in uh, Canada. And I'm sure, you know, the stress and the fighting that was going on between my mother and father had an effect on me, um, you know, as early back as, like I said, being in the womb. Um, and then from there, you know, growing up, I started to endure a lot of, um, physical trauma, um, emotional, uh, early childhood trauma, um, and things of that nature. And I know people are going to ask, are you okay with, uh, telling us why your parents were on the run from the law? Yeah. My father got himself in some trouble, um, and had a, a violent altercation with another individual, and where he he stabbed um, somebody, um, and, yeah. And from that moment, he, um, you know, he and my mother, uh, you know, jumped in the car, headed north to Canada, and from there they they ditched the car when they got up to uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is the eastern part of Canada. Um, got on a sailboat, and um, from there we kind of hit uh, hit out on the sailboat and laid low from the law, and and would kind of go up and down the. Uh, uh, Atlantic uh, seaboard there and from time to time they would go into land and get an apartment or place to stay um, or back to the sailboat and uh, you know just yeah just running and trying to avoid capture for probably about I want to say about the first four years of my life 
Wow. So that definitely kind of sets up for, you know, kind of a rough early childhood right there. Now, obviously, there was some anger and some um, violence issues. Uh, there was some lack of uh, taking responsibility. Um, you said in your message to me that your mom never saw a doctor. She never had any prenatal care the whole time she was pregnant with you. It sounds like they were just kind of on the run from life in general, not even just the law. How has your trauma and your own research from this all impacted your life going forward? Oh, well, it, it impacted me in a very um, um, traumatic way. I, I, I want to say from prob- uh, actually 11 years old, I got involved in, in criminal street activity. I entered the juvenile justice system, <clears throat> excuse me, at 11 years old. And, uh, you know, during, you know, when I the times in my early childhood when I was enduring the trauma, it made me feel you know, almost like my life didn't matter from the, the physical abuse, the emotional abuse. Um, it made me feel suicidal at a young age. I, I felt like I didn't have anyone to turn to. I didn't have anyone, you know, to, to talk to any, any support, um, and things of that nature. Um, but then I faced my traumas. I had to, you know, deal with my traumas, um, in, in hopes to heal from that. And, it made me understand people and why, you know, people, uh, I want to say, like, inflict trauma or do the things they do to people. Um, and once I understood that hurt people hurt people, um, as interesting as it may sound, it made me kind of love people even more. I understood that the people who were physically abusing me or emotionally abusing me also endured um, trauma and have, haven't healed from that. And then they just kind of passed it on to me. Right. And that's one of the things that I I like to address, too. Not so much that hurt people will hurt people, but rather unhealed people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, there's so many of us that have been hurt that have never gone out of their way to hurt other people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because somebody has been hurt that they have carte blanche to be able to hurt others. But rather that if they are unhealed, they are more likely to inflict damage. For sure. I agree. So what helped you to heal from your trauma? What what made you want to help others? Um, You know, I was shown compassion from people and, and love that others showed me. And, and that I would say restored my hope for humanity. Um, And that once I started to go through my healing process and started to deal with my traumas, that's what prompted me to want to help others heal from their traumas. um, Because you know, I know what it felt like to be um, in a situation where I didn't have support, where, like I said, I didn't feel love. Um, uh, I felt hopeless. Um, and so it just motivated me, like I said, as I started to heal and um, made me into the person I am today where, you know, I just try to be there and help and support and uh, try to be the person in others' lives that I needed growing up when I was dealing with my traumas. Wow pretty commendable thank you yeah so what would you say would be some of the most helpful resources that you found in your own recovery um helpful resources uh definitely support groups i've been in a a few um restorative uh, support groups that helped me that taught me uh healthy coping skills um, 
you know, healthy relationships and love, a lot of love. I get a lot of love from my family, uh, my wife and um, my children. And so, uh, so that, that's what kind of, you know, helped me get through what I was going through and learn how to be healthy towards myself and others. Right. Do you have any kind of a relationship with your parents? I do have a relationship with my mother and my father. I do not. Um, I reconnected with him years ago. We lost contact with him when uh, my mother parted ways with him uh, when I was four years old. I lost, lost touch with him for uh, 25 years. And then I found him and we, we tried to establish that relationship, but it just didn't turn out the way I was hoping. Uh, he still also has unhealed trauma and things that he's dealing with. And unfortunately, it's weren't good for one another at the time. Right. Uh, that is absolutely the case is just across the board. Uh, if you're still in the middle of your own trauma recovery, you can't pull somebody else out of it at for the same sure. time. They will mm-hmm. pull you back down before you will pull them up. Oh, yeah. And that's a hard spot to be in, especially that's, that's your parent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Having that relationship can be really tumultuous and, and painful, but also really healthy. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. What's something that you would tell somebody who's currently going through what it is that you had to go through? Just don't give up, you know, believe in yourself. Um, you know, try to find a support group or, or, or a person that you're comfortable with um, to talk about your trauma so you can heal or, or at least begin the healing um, process. Because um, I believe when you're, when you're able to start talking about your traumas, that's when the healing can, can begin. And for me, um, you know, I really never opened up. I wasn't the most social person. Um, I just bottled it all up. I kept it all in and um, just hoped that it would go away one day. And it never did. It always seemed to find its way to come out and, and not, you know, the, the, the most idea ways. And it, that led me to a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> a million times. Yes. I've been there. <laughs> oh yeah. For oh, 38 years I was there. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. No, no, but it's so relieving and so rewarding once you're able to figure out how to move beyond it. Yes, it is. To start the healing. It's it's incredible. Yes, so, it absolutely is. What is the name of your book that you have written about your own experiences and how does it relate to your trauma? Yeah, so my book, the name of it is Slim Chances, A True Story of Strug- Struggle, Hope, and Forgiveness. And it's an autobiography of, um, you know, just um, the things that I've been through um, and how I was able to um, kind of overcome that, redeem myself and, um, do the work that I'm doing now. I work with at promise youth. Uh, those are formerly known as at at, at risk, uh, youth. And, um, you know, so I try to just get out there and like I said, be that person that I needed in my life growing up. But the book describes of a whole story of redemption of that process of what it took for me to uh, get to where I'm at today. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Do you have a bit of your book that you would like to share with us? I do, absolutely. I could read the um, prologue if you'd like. Yeah, I, I'd love that. I know the audience would too. 
And if people were looking for your book, they should they go to your website, slimchancesbook.com? Yeah, you can find it there. It's also on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Nobles, Walmart, and uh, yeah, any one of those platforms there. When he pulled out the gun and pointed it at me, I didn't flinch. I didn't even think about running away. I just stood there, staring down the barrel of a gun. It wasn't out of fear that I froze. At that point in my life, I didn't care if I died. My eyes met his. Go ahead, do it. He pulled the trigger. When the bullet pierced through the front of my chin, I fell backwards and smacked my head on the sidewalk. As I laid on the concrete, blood filled my mouth. I couldn't breathe. I was drowning in my own blood. All my life choices accumulated in this very moment. The moment I received a 38 caliber bullet to the face at close range. It's hard to explain, but many things raced through my mind when I was near death. What I remember the most was thinking of my two daughters. I kept seeing their smiling faces. I didn't want to leave them without a father. It was at that moment that I realized I had something to live for. I wasn't ready to die. I wanted more time to live. I wanted more time with my family. I wanted more time to break the struggle, the trauma, and the pain. I wanted more time to change my ways. I wanted the opportunity to give my children a good life. A split second before I lost consciousness, I thought, if I only had a second chance. Wow. So, how old were your kids at this point? So, I have five children now. Um, oh my gosh, that, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. At the time, I only had two. I had a two-year-old daughter and a one-year-old daughter. How old are they now? Uh, those two are 28 and 26. Oh my gosh. Jimmy, I'm looking at your author photo. You look like you're not old enough to have a kid that age. Well, we started really young. <laughs> my wife and I were teenagers when we met. We just celebrated 29 years um, uh, this this past February. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we've been together for quite a while now, and, and yeah, we started young. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic! I mean, it's so cool to hear a marriage that started that young and worked its way through trauma. You guys didn't just break down and throw it away, but you worked through all this stuff. It sounds like you had to work through it together. All while you had kids of your own dealing with your own childhood trauma. This is incredible. Yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely a process and hats off to my wife. You know, she she stayed by my side. Um, you know, when I was toxic to myself and others, she saw the good in me. She always said that. And she stayed there by my side and never gave up on me. And 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 you know, and now we're doing I'm doing much better. We're doing much better. The kids are doing great and uh I'm just so blessed to have them. Wow. That sounds to me like uh, a little bit of a, a hero there, your wife. Oh, absolutely. She definitely is my hero. <laughs> That's cool. So how do you celebrate your wins in life when you do something or you overcome something or you beat something? Um, you know, I always say, you know, I, I realize how blessed I am to be who I am and where I am in my life, but I'm not okay with just being blessed. I, I like to try to be a blessing to others. And so when things are going well and I'm winning in life, um, I like to recycle that love. I like to pay it forward and, you know, do anything I can to help someone else and put a smile on someone else's um, face or help someone else 
you know, get in a good mood. Um, you know, that's, that's really what I live for. Also traveling. I love traveling. I don't know what it is. I, I just, you know, when things are good or things are bad, I, I just like to get out there and I've really discovered lately that I love uh, road trips. And so my wife and I, any chance we get, we'll get on the road and, you know, pick which direction we're going to head in and uh, go see new things, experience new things, try new foods and, you know, just enjoy the open road. Um, and um, yeah, just get out there and live. That's, that's what I love doing. That is awesome. And I know that you wanted me to ask specifically this one particular question is very important. And I really need to ask this question more often on the podcast because I know people are curious, especially other survivors. What mm-hmm. made you write your book? Um, you know, when I was coming up with the idea of writing my book, I was uh, mentoring youth, working with youth that were facing challenges and struggles like I once did. And I was having good success doing it. And I was sharing my story a lot. And a lot of people said, you have a really good story. Maybe you should, uh, you know, write a book. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's really not my thing there. But uh, I guess maybe I do have an interesting story. And so I wrote the book with, with, you know, those who are struggling in mind, those who feel hopeless, um, in hopes to inspire others, to give hope to others. And you know, just to let people know anything's possible. You may be facing tough times, challenges, but, you know, just hold on. You know, like I said earlier in the interview, I, I tried to give up. You know, I thought my life wasn't worth living um, to the point when that gentleman pulled the gun on me. I just stood there and, you know, was like, you know, I'm ready. Let's, you know, I'm tired of this misery I'm in. And, um, you know, I thought I was ready to leave this, this earth and I was wrong. You know, things changed dramatically for me. And, you know, so yeah, I put the book together in, in hopes to, you know, just leave, um, you know, something behind in this universe to give others hope and uh, just to never give up. That is very cool. I think so many of us have been through those very dark, very quiet moments. Mine wasn't necessarily with, with, uh, a gunshot, but it was definitely a life-threatening moment where mm. I thought I was ready to go when it turned out I wasn't, and I yep. learned how to fight. Yes, absolutely. That's what it's about. Yeah. I love what you're doing for the uh, at-promise youth. I like that term. That's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> at-promise youth. I mean, that's it's incredible the kind of people that will gravitate towards you when you're willing to share about your own traumas in your own past and mm-hmm. those people who need that kind of guidance and that kind of somebody to look up to mm-hmm. and it's beautiful for sure yeah it's beautiful to be a part it's beautiful to um, be in a position that i'm in now where you know every day that i go to work i, I work on a school site um you know i have an opportunity to make a positive impact on somebody's life every day. And that's just the greatest feeling, you know, to know that you're there and you can really help somebody through dark moments and, uh, you know, just get through those, those tough times. And so, yeah, that's what I live for now. Amanda is just trying to be that person that I needed in my younger life growing up to these youth and, you know, just doing my part and trying to help shape the, the next generation coming up. It's pretty brave work. Thank you. 
And there's always one last question I ask of people before I let them go anywhere. Uh, it's always my personal favorite question because it kind of leaves everything on a positive note. Mm-hmm. But can you name at least one thing that you absolutely love about yourself that is not based on your physical appearance? That I love people. I care. I genuinely care about the well-being of others. And um, I just love to see other people winning in life. I love to see other people happy. I love to see other people, you know, smiling and laughing. And, you know, yeah, I always, always want to see the best in others and do my part to make sure that, you know, I'm doing what I can to not, um, you know, inflict any trauma or harm, harm on anybody, anybody else. I really... You know, try my part to, um, you know, be the change in this world that that I want to see. That's pretty awesome. I think you're well on your way to making these big changes that we need. I hope so. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate you. You're just remarkable, and I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much, Amanda. And thank you for all you do, and, and even with, you know, with these interviews and bringing these very uh, important conversations to the table. I really appreciate it. And it's an honor to be here with you today. Thank you. If you've enjoyed tonight's episode, please make sure you check out the episode description. There you're going to find links on how you can learn more about this guest, links to connect with them on social media, and how to support the podcast. Remember, I don't get paid to do this. My boss is a bit tight-fisted, but I can say that I work for myself. In short, this show really is all about the guest. If you've enjoyed their interview, please feel free to let them know. You can also tune into my other podcast, Growth from Darkness, which is co-hosted by a lovely lady from Australia. We talk about what trauma responses are and healthy ways to move beyond the past. For more information, just go to growthfromdarkness.com. Thank you.